Chris, so I, I had mentioned it in the intro, but um, you know, I said, I said, what did I say? I said director, writer, photographer, cinematographer, producer. You just do it all, man. All the errors, ladies and gentlemen. All the errors. <laughs> all the errors. Thank you. That's all a wonderful. Errors. I couldn't. I can't really in, intro myself any better than that. So, what's up, guys? What's going on? <laughs> what's going on? Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for, for coming on. on. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, yeah. So you guys, you guys all pick villain names, right? They oh yeah! Wow. Oh, you I love it. Yo. I love it. This is your <laughs> podcast now. <laughs> yeah. You're you you're doing over. the transitions, questions. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you guys all made name? great choices. Uh, I was gonna go with uh, Atrocitus for this one. Nice. Oh, that is that is Mark's favorite. That is right. That is super super funny, Chris. That you mentioned that because because we were talking about Green Lantern. And one, one podcast, yeah, the, yeah, like the movie that, and uh, for a segment that we have called it, is, was it really that bad? So we we're oh, talking yeah. about it and like just basically saying, oh, like how how much missed opportunity it was or something. And then someone said, oh man, they should have put Atrocitus in it. Uh, yeah, um, Brian said that, and then I was like, oh my god! And the way I, I guess got he so hyped like, up, it just sounded like I was like, I was like, <laughs> he creamed his pants. He creamed his pants at the <laughs> spot. He's atrocitus. like, oh, atrocitus. We were like, oh my god, like, is he okay? What was <laughs> no. the uh, what was the overall idea though? I mean, did you guys think that it was as bad as it was, or did you decide um, you liked it? Oh, Green Lantern. Yes. Yeah. What did we say? Uh, I, think I said it wasn't I, that bad. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that was our overall verdict. Overall? Uh, no, no, no. Like, no. I mean, like majority. That was <laughs> I, the majority I mean, verdict. It wasn't that long ago. I can't believe we can't fucking remember what nah. we decided. <laughs> I never want to see that again. In my I mean, isn't that the problem <laughs> with that movie? Is that it wasn't memorable? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yes and no. It's not no. your fault. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think what I said was it wasn't as bad as I thought, as I initially remember. But I mean, it's still bad, but it's not <laughs> as bad as I initially thought. Yeah, I feel like it's not offensive. I just I don't remember the exact offensive. plot points. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not oh, gonna man. watch and be like, "You guys fucking killed Green Lantern or whatever." But like, yeah. Yeah. right, talk to CGI suit. Right. I think our biggest gripe with the movie was really quick ending, like small boss fight. And yeah, yeah, it just wasn't satisfying. His origin was just too fast. Yeah, I mean, if you're yeah. gonna pick one of like the biggest villains in Green Lantern, like let's not. Let's not beat him in two minutes, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's like a master at the with the ring. Like after two minutes, <laughs> a two minute after training like, montage. Like he's a like week, a master. A week, I think he had like seven days, and he he beat what like other lanterns who've been like lanterns for like years oh and centuries. That was yeah. not an effective montage. And yeah, and the not. lantern core just just you know be like, oh fuck Earth, like yeah. Oh, that, that's and, fine. and all the times that that Sinestro was just like, oh, I guess we lost, and he would dip. <laughs> he was just. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, hey, I don't, I don't know, Chris. Yeah. I don't know when the last time you watched it was, but definitely give it another watch. Let us know how you felt about it. Oh, why um, would you do that to a guest, man? <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, you know, no, we've done a couple of those for our segment, and like a couple of them were just like. So there's two that we still have on the list because we we um we wrote it on our on our Instagram story, right? And we had mm -hmm. people comment to to tell us, give us different um, movies that we want to do. And so there's the last two remaining are Venom and Constantine. And oh, we're okay. Just, we're just really like, we keep we prolonging it. That's why we keep asking people to come on our show. <laughs> so more people show up, the less like we, we don't have to. We're, like two months. We're, and maybe we're it'll fade. <laughs> yeah, we're really not trying to watch Constantine. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to avoid that at all costs. But, but it's, it's going to happen at some point. You know what's crazy, though, like to me, um, and especially... 
you know, Chris, you're you're a filmmaker, dude. So mm-hmm. you know, we're over here like shitting on movies, and I just I'm, I'm just like, I, I'm like yeah, to, it wasn't that it was it's not easy to make, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely exactly, not. Exactly. He's like he's like, oh, you know, I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> wow, these guys fucking suck. <laughs> Signs. Uh, I mean, I've had my movie shit on, so I know how it feels. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it is very very difficult to make a movie, especially with within like a studio system when you're making like a big name movie because, like generally speaking, on a on a big feature film, you're gonna have upwards of like 100 different artists on set all working in different departments, right? And yeah. they all have like a hundred different good ideas, and you need just like one director, like one constant voice that says yes or no to all those ideas, and that's how you get something that has like a consistent strong vision. So when you have like a, you know, you get a director like Christopher Nolan or something that everybody unanimously respects because he just has been hitting, you know, home runs out of every, at the top of every game, like right. nobody really questions him. They let him do what he wants. But if the studio yeah. decides that they're going to make a Green Lantern movie and they want to use it to sell toys, then this director has like eight different executive producers looking over their shoulder, you know, sitting at the monitor the whole time, just questioning every decision. Like, you know, if the director wants to, like, if they want to do a scene a certain way, then, you know, an EP might lean over and be like, hey, can we get another one of those? And just uh, let's, you know, let's lighten it up, you know, just for options. We'll just have options. And then at the end of the day, you get, yeah, a bunch of cooks trying to make the same meal and it just ends up being tasteless. So, yeah, 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 yeah. it's not not always their fault. I try not to crucify them because there are, you know, like. You, oh, uh, generally speaking, you can watch a movie and you can see who in what department really cared about their job and like fought hard enough to see that their vision came through on it. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it doesn't always end up being a good movie. Right. right. And, and we'll, well, said. We'll, we'll touch base on that because I know you're a big DC guy. Oh, and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll touch base on the, on the Snyder Cut in, in a little bit because that obviously has everything to do with studio interference. And, oh, yeah. you know, who was the director that wasn't allowed in the... Uh, who wasn't allowed to like cut, like actually? Oh, oh the room, uh, David, was David, Ayer. David Ayer for Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Okay, that's what it was. That's like, just embarrassing. Like that's they, they didn't let him in. They no. didn't. In, the, in the editing room, he, he tweeted. He's very active on Twitter, especially with the whole release the air cut now. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they didn't let him in the editing room. It's like they like, turned the poor guy's movie into a fucking music video and didn't let him in there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, weren't the yeah. people who edited like they just worked on trailers? Yeah, that that yeah. that uh, editing house. Yeah, they they were known for doing music videos and stuff and trailers and all that. So. Yeah, I mean you can tell it's just like one one pop song transition to the next. There isn't like a cinematic <laughs> flow. But like if you just took like any I have almost almost any frame like, in that movie, like you indi- individualize <laughs> almost any frame in that film. And you realize, like, holy shit, like, that's a beautiful frame. Like, the lighting looks great. Even, like, yes. the, over, like the over-edged character design, like, it fits in the world. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't wait to see if there's an actual air cut that comes out. Cause... Oh, there will be. And, they, yeah, and they, they had, you can tell that, like, exactly what you said, Chris. Someone in that crew cared about their job because they won an Oscar for makeup. So, yeah well, i mean I, I mean if you remember like when it was coming out initially like there was all these like kick-ass stories about the cast how they were mm-hmm. bonding how much fun they were having and like like i'll i'll sure tell you like I've, I've been on movies i've worked on films that weren't fun like if if the movie is going to be a piece of shit everyone knows it's not mm-hmm. a secret like you know the, yeah. the cast and the crew they're all aware that it's not going to be a good movie uh you can tell when the director is making bad choices or you can tell if the director is just phoning it in and they don't care <clears throat> like it's not you don't come out of those movies with like, you know, wanting to tell the press like what an amazing experience you had. You know, you right. come out of those movies saying just kind of like the 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 generic stuff. They're like, oh yeah, I mean it was a fun experience and I can't wait for you guys to see it. You know, 
like you try to gloss over sure? it right right yeah right. yeah but they were like super specific right. about how much fun they had so like yeah. it had to have been a good experience it had to so, feel like they so were making would, something cool absolutely you would rather have um a good experience so bad reviews good experience rather than great reviews and horrible experience right i'm sure that that's everyone and and, and their job right because i mean cool we got all this this you know the critics loved it but if overall but kind of what you just said as well if it's overall just a bad environment it's not going to turn out to be a good movie regardless right uh generally speaking yeah i mean there's some there's some films that are touted as like the greatest films ever made you know stuff that stanley kubrick worked on and and that's you know it's widely publicized that you know he he created a hostile atmosphere on set, yes so. especially in uh what's that uh the shining yeah, The Shining, where he made that actress basically uh, her hair oh, fall Shelley, out. Yeah, Shelley yeah, Duvall just crazy, fucking dude. wrecked her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so it's it's not like a, a it's not always the case. Um, but yes, I, I would definitely say that I because you know this is what I do for a living, and I don't want to have a shitty time just for some accolade. I would definitely rather have like a super fun time on set and have my movie get trashed by critics afterwards than like have a horrible time and be told that it's a great movie because that movie like no matter how much you tell me it was amazing it's never going to be a good memory for me you know right but, yeah that, that's, you handle, that's how, like, the that's how kevin smith does it too oh man trash talk fucking sucks <laughs> uh so uh when i when i my my second film uh split lip when i released that that was like the the sort of like the largest film that i had kind of directed to to date and it wasn't like a big film but just we did the whole package so it went to theaters for a week in la uh, which just kind of gets it like a write up in LA Times, and then it goes. Uh, uh, Amazon you know, Prime guys. Oh, thank make you. Sure, make sure to make sure to check it out. Yeah. Wait, wait. Go to go to Tubi. I get paid more for Tubi. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, it goes, shameless uh, plug. There you go. But like the the day, like literally the day that we released it on Amazon, uh, the very next morning it had been pirated, and I guess wow. the which is like it's cool feeling and it's bad. Like, it's like I'm like I'm not gonna make any of that money, but it is cool that like <laughs> yeah. somebody in a country that I've never heard of is watching the movie. Like that's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I feel that. But what was bad was that like you know people who who pirate movies uh, are generally not like interested in really like delving into a movie. You know, they probably watch about five minutes of it and then they trash it online and they leave. Mm -hmm. So okay. in like the first like literally the first week that the movie existed on Amazon. Um, I guess they had linked my YouTube trailer uh, to the pirated link. So people were watching the trailer from that. So just my YouTube exploded with just like, just like the worst compliment comments ever, just like <laughs> trash, shit, horrible, garbage. Oh, and I was God. like, man, like, yes. And what's uh, it, like when that happened, like the movie had just come out. So I was still like doing a lot of promotion for it. So I had to like actually stop and be like, fuck, did I make a movie that bad? Uh, but like oh, at the, yeah That's no fucking... but it's fine at the end of the day like you realize like the the point of doing this obviously is you know to make a career out of it and to get an audience but you're if you're writing and directing these movies for yourself like they have to be for you as much as they are for somebody else so unless you know like it's something like the snatter cut where somebody just ruins your movie in post and it's not the movie you made like split lip is the movie i made so if somebody doesn't like it, I have to own up to that and just say, okay, like I'll do better next time. Yeah, I so, mean, dude, it's a learning film, film is subjective. Film is, is so subjective because I'm sure you probably got a couple comments which praised the movie as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got a lot of love for it. Yeah, I saw, yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch it. I saw, I saw the trailers for that. What I did watch, though, was one of the, um, the, the Batgirl series that you were working on. Oh, yeah. I watched, I watched the episodes for that, and I thought those were, those were pretty cool as well. Like the fight scenes, I like to my surprise, I was like, wow, these are like actually like really good choreographed fight scenes. Oh so, yeah, we had a, a guy named uh, Billy Smith who choreographed those, and he was actually, if, if you watch the first one, Friday Night in Gotham, he was the villain. He was the guy in the suit. 
Uh, he's gotcha. a total badass. So he was amazing to have on set. Yeah, so what, what, what happened with that though? Coordinators too. Man. So we did um, we did the first two episodes and we were self funding those and because it's somebody else's property you can't make any money back on it because it's a fan film. Got you. So we weren't able to kind of like refill the coffer very quickly to like get the next one in production. Uh, but when we finally did, uh, like just before the shutdown, we had finished writing the the scripts because the the first one was a one film. The second one is two, so it's Friday Night in Gotham is one, Saturday Night in Gotham is two, so Sunday Night in Gotham has to be three. So we wrote uh, we wrote three scripts for Sunday Night in Gotham, uh, and we're getting ready to start pre-production, which is basically where you like figure out where all your locations are, and you start casting all the actors you haven't already cast and pulling your crew together. So we got that process started, and then the COVID started kind of hitting, and right. people started like slowing down. So we're like, all right, we should probably slow down and just hold off, and then next thing we know like the whole industry shut down so it's good yeah, that we didn't try to start something so so have you been more um in terms of this you know quarantine and, and covid have you been doing a lot more like writing or just a lot more i guess self-exploration because i i know i have like personally like in terms of things that i see myself doing in five to ten years because i have you know all this free time in, in a sense you know being home i'm just like okay i could write more you know do, do you kind of get that same uh, yeah, sense. yeah, definitely. Because uh, I before literally before the shutdown, this was like the end of last year and the beginning of this year were like some of the busiest like months uh, since I moved out here, which is really cool. It was like, I feel like I was jumping from project to project and just working on new shit like every week. And it was really exciting. Um, but then it shut down. And so obviously, for the first like part of the shutdown, I kind of didn't know what to do with myself. So I was like, just like walking around my apartment all, just like, fuck, like antsy for no reason. <laughs> Um, but then, uh, yeah, then once I, I realized that, that that energy could definitely be motivated towards writing, uh, I started doing it a lot more often. And then I started giving myself more like regimental demands on my writing. So I wouldn't just sit down and be like, what happens, happens. I'd sit down and be like, you need three pages tonight. Uh, whether or not they're good, like you've got to get three pages down. So, and it's cool because it, it sort of develops like a muscle. So now I can sit down and like pump out five pages and I'm not worried about it. You know, I can come back and, and re-edit them, but you know, it's, it's easier to edit something that's written. You can't edit a blank page. So that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So quarantine yeah. has been super helpful in, in that Bars. regard. I've definitely learned to write a lot quicker. Bars. Sure. Just, that'll look, drop look a bomb these, for that. Yeah, he's just, just gems back real easy. That's free guys. Any, yeah. any, <laughs> that's free, right? <laughs> and no, and, and I mean, Chris, you've also been doing, I mean, low key on your YouTube channel, just, you know, tips for directors and writers as well. Right. So I think that's pretty cool. You know, people are like, I mean, I know myself, like, you know, I've been trying to write a, a screenplay and I'm just like, uh, I don't know what the fuck to put in this shit. And, <laughs> and then, you know, I watch like a five minute clip and you're just like dissecting how to do it. And and I'm just like, that that's fucking awesome. It's not it's not easy at all. Like, it, no, I think it's not, you know, a lot, and a lot of people are like, oh, like, you know, Hollywood film industry is probably so much fun. I'm like. This shit is probably a lot of fucking work, especially for a director. Like, a director is the quarterback. This is the point guard. Like, I can't imagine how much fucking pressure is on the back of a director. Like, yeah, there's, everything there's, falls on him, right? Or yeah, her. and it, like, it, it, yeah, it always falls on, on him or her. It's, it's like, and all of, like, the obscure problems fall on the director. I mean, if you, if you obviously, if you have, like, really good producers, then they, they handle things sometimes. Like, they intercept shit that you don't even know happens, and they just handle it and you're still on set with the camera and the crew and you don't even notice that there was a problem. 
Um, they, but they tell, you, they tell you after the film, they're like, oh, yeah, dude, it was like a huge, like, problem. Yeah, they'll, like, they'll yeah. just, they'll just okay. pull you aside and they'll just give you a look and you're like, oh, fuck, you handled something for me, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> like, That's funny. Yeah, um, but, like, uh, uh, sometimes, like, and it's not always, it's not, like, it's not always egos, but sometimes, like, there are just problems with people that are more abstract and weird, just conversations that don't need to happen when everybody's trying to be in a creative space and stuff. Um, and then there's, you know, as a director, you're also kind of like the cheerleader for the project. So if you're in the early stages, you are the one that everybody expects to be like the rock star in the room that can convince everybody that the project is worth the money that you're going to spend on it and so forth. So it, there is a lot of like, abs- like abstract pressure on the director. But honestly, it's the it's the best job in the world. I would never want to do anything else. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Same. That's yeah. Same. And then there's a thing like i mean you guys are all you guys are all like individual artists right like you all you work on kind of like some writing you guys like i'm doing any of you do music like you guys like are involved in art in some other ways right yes i yeah, am so like, so like <laughs> it's a simple answer oh, yeah. everyone, everyone was just like i guess and i'm just yes, like yeah. yes <laughs> define art <laughs> uh no yeah i mean i'm i mean you yeah. guys are doing this there, there's an art to this 100 percent. I, I, mean, I, I know a million people who've started podcasts who never did shit with it and i've, I've listened to like five of your guys' episodes you guys are dope oh thanks wow. thank you man. man wow yeah thank yeah you. i mean there, there's like con- consistency and commitment to something is, is a big deal and you guys obviously have that it's so, like that's i mean and there's no like building a brand is no small feat so there's obviously you guys have definitely engaged in sort of like an artistic like journey that you're completing and you're doing a really good job um but like it is tough dude like but like when it comes to art like it it, something can be really really difficult to do but there are in my opinion at least when it comes to art like there's nothing that feels better than like an artistic victory so like if you are if you're writing something and somebody watches what you wrote and they're affected by it like in any way if they laugh if they cry if they are if they get like spooked by something that you edited that's supposed to be scary like that's like a victory and your heart starts pumping really fast and like nothing feels better than that. So Damn. Yo, yeah, wow. so we gotta like, we gotta add <laughs> so cinematographer, director, writer, motivational speaker. Motivational speaker. <laughs> yes. Yes. Welcome like, to your master like class. I, right. It's like I am so pumped right now. Like I'm just like, yo, I'm about to you get off that, this. I'm about to that, write like a whole script. <laughs> that feeling that Chris is talking about is the feeling that I had when I did that the supercut trailer for the Avengers video that I edited to Bohemian Rhapsody that I did. It was it was, it was this nerve-wracking sensation that you get. It's just like, mm-hmm. it, it almost feels like, wait, am I, am I ready for this? Is this like happening? And Dude, it is scary it, as fuck. To watch yeah, yeah. something the first time. It's so scary. Like it, I remember <laughs> uh, when I was at, in film school, I did like a one of those like forty-eight hour like weekend film challenges, and we did a little short film. Uh-huh. And I went to like the theater where it played. And it was my first experience, like people watching Ooh. something that we did. And I remember sitting in the theater and like just as the logos comes up. Like my heart starts beating. I'm like, what oh. the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you doing that? Like, <laughs> yeah. like I'm just sitting here. Like I'm not even doing it. And yeah, it was, it was such, it was like completely terrifying again until somebody laughed in the audience. And then it was like endorphins released. Everything was great. And it was like the best day of my life. <laughs> it's awesome. like it's like going to the top. It's going like going to the top of the roller coaster in Nitro and, and Great Adventure. Mm. And you're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And then you go down. It's like, oh, it's not too bad. Yeah. Once, once it's out. Yeah. The, once yeah. once you get past the build of pressure, everything's cool. Boy. I feel like I feel like we get like a similar thing, like kind of like when people would like randomly DM us, like, oh, like when are you guys dropping another podcast about this or something. Like, it, yeah. like it shows that people actually want to hear our our thoughts and stuff, and like it's like really like kind of 
it's it doesn't really get my heart rate it just makes me like really happy i'm like i'm like wow, yeah, it, feel, it like, feels good that people yeah, are listening <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. It, it's fuck like it's, it's like it, it's all all the annoying shit is suddenly worth it like when yeah, somebody exactly. enjoys it yeah, yeah. yeah. like all, all those comments where it's like people commenting oh this is a shitty meme this is a shitty podcast or it's like whatever <laughs> oh my like, god but then it's this like the worst yeah but now it's like it's it's all worth it in the end when people like show love and that's what we yeah but yeah, like, especially, especially today like for me i was like i can't wait till a15 like i legit cannot right. wait until we get to podcast and like i feel like that sensation and i'm chris i'm pretty sure that's the same for you when you're you know directing it's like that mm -hmm. sensation of i can't wait to to do this beats out the the feeling of is it worth it every single time you know yeah. Because there are days where I'm just like, damn, dude, like, are we, there's so many other people doing this. Like, why, why are we all of a sudden the ones that are going to make it and be better than everybody else? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, yeah. you just have to just keep, like you said, consistency is key. Just keep going, going, yeah. going, going. Yeah. You're, you're never going to become, you will never become a master at something unless you can do it when you don't want to do it. Damn. Like that's fucking, like the main thing. Like, like you're, Jedi you're, master. Yo, another bar. Fucking, another bar. Drop another bomb. Drop another bomb. Jesus. So you guys are you guys? I obviously you reached out to me on Vero. Um, did you guys also get on Vero because Zack Snyder was on there dropping secrets and shit? Maybe. Junior can speak to that. No. It's like uh, no. Vero uh, was one of the most popular social medias around. It's no, yeah, Snyder. no, a hundred percent Zack Snyder. Um, yeah, me too. So <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is Vero? Yeah, I'll get on there, sure. But. But Chris, not for nothing, man, like Vero is mostly made for creatives, I would say. So yeah. I, I would it's it's difficult to understand where most of like the following and the likes come from. But I would just say continue posting, like post videos of I, I like on your Instagram page when I was stalking you. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like I saw I saw, you know, you you had a whole page dedicated to like the behind the scenes of things. I yeah. think that's fucking mad cool. That's that's yep. That's the best. That's the I, best kind of content. Right. I'm like I'm like um, okay. We saw what it looks like when it's all polished, but how about you know everything that's going on behind the cameras? I, I like to see those those kinds of things. I appreciate a movie more or like a show more, but yeah. So mm -hmm. de definitely Zack Snyder. Uh, whenever he started posting like pictures for for the Snyder cut, and I was just sort of like, huh. I was like, so we logged on on there, but yeah, I think it's a very safe space for for creatives because one. Unlike Instagram, it doesn't fuck with the quality of the picture, which I absolutely despise. Yeah. Two, I didn't even know it did that. Yeah, yeah I know. It does. And it two, does. Instagram's yeah. algorithm is just doo-doo. It's, yeah. uh, it's not it's built garbage. for... Yeah, it's garbage. It's but Vero helped us out a lot, right, Junior? Like, we've reached a lot of people through like, it. Like, even even if you get... Even if we get, like, let's say we, we do something to promote our podcast, it, right? It has, Brian. Uh, hold on. Right. Someone is someone's bumping music in the back. Like some salsa's playing. Like I'm vibing that's with not it, me. Though. That's not I'm me. I'm vibing. Oh, with I don't it. know. I, I didn't hear the <laughs> music. I think it's Ariel's. Like, he's like, oh, I don't it's know me. That's all about. <laughs> nah, I don't know. I'm just saying. But but it's no. What I, what I was saying house. though is, let's say if we if I promote a podcast on Vero, right? Like, mm -hmm. and we get like let's say 15 likes. Those 15 people most likely listen to it. You know, yeah. with unlike Instagram, like we, we, we get like, let's say we get a thousand views on like a podcast post. We don't have a thousand listens on the podcast itself. So I know Five. not all. Right. So it's like 
that that to me, it, it, I'd rather the 15 likes on Vero or the 15 people that listen to it. I'm mm-hmm. I'm happy with that. Like that's dope to me. And Twitter too. Twitter's pretty pretty okay in terms of uh, promoting stuff. And yeah. but yeah, so so Vero, I think I think it's very dope. Shout out to them. Um, yeah, shout out. It's all shout chronological. Out to, it's all chronological. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is very important nowadays. I don't know why. Yeah, because that's the thing with Instagram too, Chris. Like, we will post something and it only starts getting clout about five days later. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care about this post anymore. I posted it five days ago. <laughs> this is in the, this is in the past. For real. So, yeah. Like fire memes that are being wasted right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame. So, Today it is a damn shame. It's a good meme. It's a good thought out meme. And then when you're like, ah, oh, like this is supposed to do numbers, and it didn't. And we're just like, okay. But that's that's the thing. Consistency. We just gotta keep going, going with the flow. Because in some days, Instagram's algorithm's just like, okay, y'all, we're gonna give you a hundred thousand likes on this video. So it's just like, oh, thanks. But why can't that be every single one? You know? Yeah. It does um, random like posts randomly blow up sometimes. I'm like, this isn't even that cool. What is going on? <laughs> Right. But I mean, yeah. So Zach, Zach got on it and, and that's how, how we, we sort of, we, we got on it cause I kept refreshing. I wanted to see what's next for like the Snyder cut. Um, mm-hmm. So how, how did, how did you, have you always been a, a superhero movie guy, comic book movie uh, guy, or like, how did that all come about? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I grew up reading comics. Uh, I, I used to be really, really bad about like consistency in the storylines. So I would just go to like, uh, I, I grew up, I had, there was a military base that I lived on uh, that just had a place called a seven day store. It was like a Seven Eleven with a grocery store mixed in. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just had like a comic book stand. So I would just go and pick off of the cover art, like what I thought was cool. And like yeah. naturally, like I was always confused as fuck during the stories because I was jumping in the middle of these like you know epic oh, DC right. storylines. It's so annoying. Yeah. Dude. I was I'm like, just, there's I'm two just Supermans, like... and one of them is blue, one of them is red. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> like as a kid, I just, I just loved them. Um, and I at the time, I, I mixed and matched a lot, so I read a lot of uh, DC and a lot of Marvel. And then uh, I don't know what it was for some reason. Just as I grew, I sort of tended towards DC, maybe because they were more uh, like mythological, and they had a lot more like the the like space fantasy thing going on too and i guess those are two big things that i really like so at some point in my in my child brain i gravitated that direction uh and just have always loved dc stories from then on so i've always been the big fan um i'm sure you guys know what it's like to be like the friend that everybody associates with batman so like every fucking batman meme that's ever been made shared like eight times yeah Yeah. all the time i'm just like yeah i i saw one i saw this already (laughs) yeah and now now we're like yo i made this yeah you're like that's my (laughs) meme dude yeah Yeah, and like on christmas like people like your family and friends know they can just get you anything that has a bat right wow that's literally my life my last job like they literally every gift was like socks or something like with like super super uh, hero logos on it and shit like that and i'd be like i was hyped every time because i was like, <laughs> yeah. so i'm not it's, complaining if yeah, you're listening it's, a, it's an easy buy for like any it, of our friends it really is it really yeah. is it's a very niche uh kind of fandom but I, I don't know what one year i think i forgot i think it was the year winter soldier came out right and i was like i love the movie so i was really hype about it so i had mm-hmm. bought like a, a, a captain america shirt 
Mm-hmm. And so I guess I guess my mom thought like I was like a huge Captain America fan. <laughs> oh, every every single gift, like like all, all it took, right? She was like, "Aha, I got him now." Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, mom, what about so, all this other Batman shit? Like, right. No. So then, so then, like, she, <laughs> shout out to moms, yo. <laughs> so, so she she got me like a Spider Man and a Captain America like lip um like chapstick thing, and then and then she bought me like that. a like a like a little uh, Captain America speaker, and I got. I went up to her at one point. I'm like, Mom, you do know my favorite superhero is Batman, right? She's like, oh, but, you know, I saw you with this shirt. I was like, it's one shirt. I mean, I appreciate it. <laughs> I wasn't going to turn Mom down like that. I was like, I appreciate the gifts, Mom, but it's just like, you know. Like, you threw the spinner Batman. back at her. Get this shit well, Let's, yeah, let's right? hope she don't see you in that Nick shirt. She was like, oh, a Knicks fan. <laughs> Word, take that shit off, bro. That's She's like, oh, I got, I got you, I got you season tickets. I'm like, oh, great, oh, great. What is Laker Day, right? But um, nah, man. So, so what do you, what are your thoughts on on the MCU, like as a whole? Um, I, uh, I mean, like when it when it first started coming out, uh, obviously I was into it. Um, I was excited about the movies. I think I don't remember what I, I was Iron Man movies. Obviously, I was really stoked on. Um, I was never, I didn't grow up being a huge Spider-Man guy, but I thought Spider-Man was cool. So like, I was into the movies, but not to the point where I was like, uh, religious about what storylines they did or like who mm-hmm. act, what actor played him. I was just, I'm just always down for a Spider-Man movie and Spider-Verse was amazing. Um, yeah, well, hell yeah. Yeah. Sorry, but I think, so. I think it was around the time that like the first Thor came out, I started to kind of complain to my friends that I felt like the movies were all feeling like too similar. Mm-hmm. And then as it went down and then, you know, Man, I don't remember when Man of Steel came out, but obviously I was like enamored with Man of Steel. I was like, holy shit, like yes. a superhero movie that's got like this like experimental lighting and it's got handheld movements everywhere and like this, you know, th- this emotional story and people are dying and it has these all, all these real world consequences. And I was like this, like I remember being overwhelmed in the scene when Zod's destroying the city. I was overwhelmed and it just kept reminding me of like 9-11. And I was like, this is such a fucking bold choice for a, a superhero movie and, and then Zach was yeah, just and like, yeah five thousand people died yeah and it was like you know and, <laughs> I, and I remember watching I superman i remember watching him getting trashed on the on the street just getting the shit kicked out of him at light speed and it was like what the fuck is batman gonna do in this universe like he can't fight these guys <laughs> <laughs> like, but like i was so Dragon excited Ball about Z it fights yeah, exactly. Because we had come off of, you know, with like the Dark Knight films and stuff, which were great movies cinematically, but like as far as action, they didn't really hit very yeah, hard. Yeah, Christopher yeah. Christopher Nolan doesn't know how to do that yet. Yeah. And then, and then you know, <laughs> Snyder crazy just, about, right? yeah, and Snyder just goes balls to the wall. So it was like, I was, I was really excited by that. But then obviously, you know, I'm sure you guys have this too, where like you would start talking to people about it and realize that some people didn't like it. And I, I was like, wow, like I, I, I watched that movie thinking like, this is what a superhero origin story should look and feel like and sound like and hit like and then most people were like eh. you know so, so it, it kind of yeah that, it, and that's crazy why, to me. why yeah, is that superman me. so sad that's crazy uh, yeah, I was like, yeah that's what someone I kept died emo superman <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, yeah I, I fucking loved emo superman I but um i uh, love the shit out of it <laughs> emo superman. as long as he doesn't have underwear on we lit yeah <laughs> or he was but, but chris does, does that kind of like change because um do do you uh, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but do you have like um, visions, and do you see yourself one day hopefully directing or writing like a, a super a superhero film? Yeah. And like, yeah. do do your do you kind of watching Man of Steel right, and you're saying like this is the kind of superhero movie I like, kind of the superhero movie 
I inspire to maybe one day make. And then you go to like your friends or you go to other people, like you just said, and they're like, ah, that shit was kind of whack. You're just like, oh, okay. So fuck any plan that I had to, <laughs> to do my no, shit. Don't let that discourage no, you, no. bro. Yeah, right. yeah, fuck that. Because like, like here's the thing, like, <laughs> Is his, you, there's a group of guys right now that I'm talking to, you guys that are, are all like still stoked on the movie, like this far away from the date it was released. That's and then seven like, years. It, yeah. And like, let's say, like, let's say it didn't make a lot of money, right? Let's say that movie failed at the box office, which it didn't, but let's say it failed at the box office, but I loved it. And then I turn around and I see the kind of numbers that Fast and the Furious does. And I just realized, like, like that kind of like global Damn. like love. Fast and Furious. Yeah, I mean, it just it doesn't just shit it on it. <laughs> it just doesn't. I mean, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, like that's the movie, the kind of movie that he made. That's how I would visualize a superhero story. It would feel like yeah. that, you know. And I, and I think that that is just a much more powerful and lasting product. That if somebody looked back after decades, they look back, they'd be like, oh, this thing was ahead of its time. Whereas, you know. People are I mean, saying I, that now. People are saying yeah. that now. Like, they're like, um, I remember, I, I never liked, dude, I despised Superman. I, I tell this story all the time, but it's just because mm -hmm. it's so true. I'm just like, this dude is so corny. Like, yep. Aeros, A, yep. wears tights in front of his suit. Like, boo, you look Underwear, dumb. yep. <laughs> Underwear on outside. Just, just the most unrelatable character ever. I'm like, this dude, it just doesn't die. He's a literal god. Why do I care about him? And then mm -hmm. exactly what you said, like, earlier, Zach made me feel, and then Brian's actually the one that's like, yo, watch this shit. You will not regret it. I was like, bet. So we went to his house. We watched it. I looked at him after. I was like, that was a masterpiece. That movie was, um, like, it hit me in such a way. Like, it made Superman fucking relatable. Yeah. I'm like, I feel for this dude. Like, I really do. And then in BBS, I felt for him even more. I was yeah. like, he's just trying to do the fucking right thing. No one's letting him. And, and I, so... Right, I'm. I'm. I'm sure you. You liked BVS, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I. I enjoyed it in theaters, and then I liked it. I, I, was, I when I found out there was going to be an ultimate cut, I was so fucking excited. I actually saw on Facebook the other day, like you know, you can look back and see your past posts on Facebook. <laughs> right. yeah. like, I saw the post where I was like, I ordered it. Nobody say shit to me about what's in the ultimate cut. Like it's coming <laughs> to my house. And then when I got it, like I took a picture of it, like out of the package. Like I was so excited. Um, cause yeah, I, I loved, I, I love that format for these stories. Cause I like one of the things, like, as I go through and I read comics, cause I still read them today. I love, love, love when there is like super heavy, relatable content inside of, uh, you know, a, a colorful superhero story because the superheroes yeah. are just metaphors for like greater world problems. And obviously these writers are grown adults who are living in this world. So that stuff gets related all the time down into the stories. So I, I've always felt, and which is, you know, everybody acted like it was a surprise when, when Christopher Nolan made a, a really hard-hitting Batman film. Like, superheroes, superhero stories are, they're powerful. They have the, the potential to be powerful emotional stories. So the way that, that Zach took them very, very seriously, uh, I really respect it. So, like, even, because, like, the thing is, like, you know, when you read comic books, you realize that, like, every time a different writer or a different uh, artist takes over a project like it changes completely right like the characters look different they sound different um you know uh, scott snyder did his thing in, in new 52 batman and suddenly it had a totally different yeah. vibe different yeah. interpretations why yeah, do we want to like, see the same batman every time that's why i never had a problem with him being a, a killer batman i'm like dude keaton was was fucking people up yeah. and like 
Bell looked Ray al Ghul dead in his eyes and was like, "Yeah, fam, like I'm out. I don't know about I don't know about you, but I'm out of here. <laughs> this is my stuff. Like, 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 oh, my I don't. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, like I don't have to save you either. I'm like, yeah, you. That's a murder. You just murdered yeah. him. Like, <laughs> like I don't. That's why. I mean, you could you could tell me otherwise, but I'm sure you probably didn't have a, a problem with Batflick, right? Magic, no, man. Batflick was fucking hated Batflick. <laughs> unload Yo, these clips, dude. fam. I don't mind it. I remember I was, uh, I was working on a, some... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I was, I was working on a, 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 like a zombie film. I remember uh, it was like super late. It was like, like fucking had to be somewhere, somewhere past midnight. And we were in like Santa Monica, like in this small building shooting this zombie scene. So I was uh, lighting like a bathroom because like on set like you step in and you light the scene while everybody else is like in makeup or whatever and then they come in and they step in and you shoot it so I was lighting the scene in the bathroom so I was alone and I hear somebody <laughs> on the other side of the set like just kind of like I guess they got the news they announced like yo uh, Ben Affleck is going to be Batman and I came around the, to the set and I was like fuck yeah and no one else was happy <laughs> I was like oh shit <laughs> dude I was pissed I was tight wow. I was happy I was, I was happy like, oh. I was like boo so I guess like, there were only three so people wild. on earth that were hype about this me Chris and Mark yeah that's it <laughs> just us and then and then I remember the first teaser trailer dropped and I was like yep Mine completely changed the way like mm-hmm. the bat suit looked, and then him was like, "Tell me, do you bleed?" I was like, "Oh yeah, the voice oh, modulator." Yeah, that's the, oh, there, yeah. I yeah. was like, "Yo, mm-hmm. that that changed the game." Especially we when we didn't have went. to hear, "Where's Rachel?" Yeah, Rachel. <laughs> yeah. And then when they showed the warehouse scene on the other trailer, boy. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, that was actually uh, when we did the the first Batgirl, the Friday Night in Gotham. Uh, I told Billy, the the stunt coordinator, I was like that the way that he moves through a crowd of enemies and just dispatches them, like you know, like the hits are not just arbitrary. He's not just throwing a punch. Like this everything punch matters. To, yeah. Yeah. This punch is meant to put this guy to sleep so I can deal with this guy. <laughs> dirt so, naps. Like, yeah. So, dirt I, naps. so I told him like, really, like I want to see movements like that. Like if she is moving, like make it with purpose. And I want to just see her run into a crowd and be able to handle herself. And so that's right. Why, it, it, like, doesn't, it doesn't look choreo- It doesn't look choreographed. It look. Yeah. It looks like he's actually. It looks tactical. Like, it looks. Right? It looks yeah. thought out. Tactical is a good word we, for it. We are we are gonna we are gonna take a quick commercial break, and when we get back, Chris, we are gonna break down a win for directors everywhere. The Snyder Cut. Uh, do me a favor, please. Yeah. Go to commercial. We back. All right, nice. So so Chris, um, since since we're on the topic talking about Man of Steel, BVS, obviously we have to talk about a big win um, for you know any any creative really. So. Whether you love Man of Steel, whether you love BVS, whether you hated them, whether you just despise Zach's work, I feel anyone as a creative should be happy about this because we're going to see, and he literally said it himself, this is all his now. Like Warner Brothers, AT&T, HBO, they're like, hey, we're sorry. Here you go. Do whatever you want. Oh, here's a little extra crash as well. So, a little- I mean, I- a little. <laughs> yeah, they, they little. said they wish they wish it was only twenty to thirty mil. Um, <laughs> Damn. But man, like I know. But man, how, how did like where were you when did you watch like the live party when when it was going on when he announced it? Where were you at the time? I did. Yeah, actually, I was um I was watching the live party, the Men of Steel party. Um, and then I had to take a phone call because we were working on this this western at the time, so I had to take a phone call from the producer. <laughs> and when I got, so I missed the part like, where beep, he revealed beep, it. Beep. Oh, yeah, I would have so, called that dude back. Oh, like, yo, 
Yeah. Never call me again. Never call me again. I can't forgive you. I really can't. Well, like I saw the I saw the initial picture go up. You know, as soon as I got off the call, I hopped on Instagram. I saw the picture, and I was like, wait, wait, what is this? And then I went back and like to the live stream, and I was like, holy shit. And then uh, I think I found uh, a video that was a bunch of like influencers that love DC that did like a reaction video to it mm-hmm. when it first popped up and like all their like shouts and stuff. I was so pumped. I mean, I, I, like I bugged my wife the entire day. Just like, I'm so fucking excited. Yeah. Yo, I feel like we all shared the same kind of experience the day that that happened. Yeah. Yeah, like, I remember, yeah. I remember telling I was my girl, cheering, she was just bro. like, I was like, yeah, so was I. <laughs> I was like, let's go. Like, I, it just, it was it, right. And we always pretty much, not always, but you know, whenever DC comes up, we, we have to talk about this because it's just, mm. it's just a big win. Um, for, yeah, for I mean, everyone it's, it's as a, a whole. huge deal for the industry too. Cause like what, I mean, how many times have you heard that story? Like, you know, from salty directors that like their films got taken away from them or they didn't get their right. final cut. And, right. you know, and, and granted, it's not always the same case. Uh, sometimes it's because the director is a nightmare to work with or whatever. But in this case, like it was, the, the events were completely heinous. Like uh, the way that, that he had to leave the project because of a family tragedy, you know, like yeah. that's, and, and the fact that, that there was so much love for him on set just tells you that everybody, you know, was on board with waiting. Like nobody would have been mad if they had to wait for it. Um, right. it you know, it, it would have, it would have made things a little difficult, obviously with the other actors shooting schedules, but knowing that they had already shot, pretty much most of the film except for like whatever you know accentuated stuff they needed to do for green screen pickup shots and stuff which is a super normal process right yeah yeah, like i mean i don't understand why they couldn't have waited but they wanted you know that paycheck or whatever and then hiring somebody else to come in there and just hash the shit out of it and come up with a product that like there's there is no way that anybody sat in that editing bay watched that film from beginning to end and went, yeah, we killed it. Let's release it. We're super proud of it. You know? <laughs> like, there's no way that yeah. somebody looked at that we're and they were like, people will we're love We're super this. proud of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're going we're gonna to make a billion. They're like, do, like men. Do, you, do you think anyone is going to notice that Henry Cavill mustache? They're like, no. Nah, 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 nah. nah. Yeah, producers watching on their phone, like, it looks great. I don't know what you're talking That's about. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't see anything. They're like, watching on their like, flip phones. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> on, on a potato. Yeah. On a Nokia. They're just watching on a Nokia. Like, this is great the stupid is that it's not even it's not even like a story where like oh like that you know something happened and they had to reshoot these scenes they had to do it with the whole mustache thing it was a tragedy no it was like you guys wrote new material and then brought him in and made him read it like so you know you have and you're seeing it now thankfully with the cast finally you know coming out in small parts that it wasn't a fucking great experience, you know, having yeah. to redo all of these, see, all of this work that they're already proud of. With, with Ray Fisher, yeah, that's why yeah. he's like, um, he actually tweeted today, or, or he was on on live, and he he said that like things are in the works in terms of the whole Joss Whedon thing, and Joss Whedon was supposed to have a panel at San Diego Comic Con, and that got they, dubbed. They axed it, so I'm just like. Huh? So, because a lot, you know, obviously when the news came out, a lot of people were debating whether Ray is, you know, telling the truth. And for mm-hmm. the most part, all of us, obviously, there's always two sides to a story. But yeah, you know, for yeah. the most part, all of us were kind of like, seems fairly likely. Yeah. Seems well, that, fairly the thing, likely. The thing is that it, it could be 100% true, uh, but just perceived different ways by the people who are committing. So, for instance, like, Joss Whedon gets called in to redo this thing, right? And he's got um, Joff Johns and, and uh, is it John Berg, the other producer? Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. the name? Yeah. yeah, so like he's got, you know, because when you work on a film set, everything is is segregated into departments. So, and especially like coming onto a project that's already, you know, been shooting for what, like the last you know, several months or to a year, you know, he's kind of like the odd man out. So I don't imagine 
that he went around and just like talked up all the other departments and made friends with everybody. He probably just, you know, sat in the director's chair with the producers who at that time I would guess were probably hyping him up, telling him, you know, how funny these scenes were, how great they were, how pretty everything looked, you know? Yeah. So like he, you know, he had this, this group of people telling him what a good job he was doing. So naturally he would go around just saying like, Oh, like, aren't we glad that, you know, it's not so dark and gloomy in here anymore, blah, blah, blah. And he probably did that shit, not realizing just how loyal most of the cast and crew were to Zach because Zach seems like the kind of director and, and you can look at pretty much any of the, the BTS from actors that worked with him throughout his other films. Yeah. He, he brings them into the creative process, which is huge. Like his film is a collaboration, right? I can't, yep. it's not, I'm not going to tell an actor how to do the scene. I'm going to tell the actor who the character is and then let them do the scene. So like Zach seems like the kind of director that brings them in and allows them to put a piece of their hearts in the movie. So to be asked to come back and then redo a scene with dialogue, that's probably, you know, half as impactful. And then, you know, be told that like you're contractually obligated to do that. And then you're not allowed to tell anybody that you did that. Like that probably feels like shit. That was probably yeah. a horrible experience for them. Yeah. Hope is like car keys and something. <laughs> no, hope something, is like a river, dude. Something about, on, yeah, man. something about a river, whatever. It twists and turns, but Twist eventually t- it finds a way, man. What? Eventually, Super deep, dude. Eventually, you left your, movie? Yeah, eventually you left your car keys in the car and now you got to call a guy to break in. and Fam. Yeah, I don't, I don't nah. I, yikes. yikes. That's why I didn't watch it again, bro. <laughs> but, yeah, no. That, that's uh, not one you guys ever have to revisit but, over time. Chris, I, I, I tell the guys all the time i'm like if ben if ben affleck comes back like and they do like let's say the snyderverse let's say he comes back for like another justice league or like a ben like the the batflick solo whatever it is right mm-hmm. it's all speculation nothing confirmed because yeah. because the shit ben went through like dude already was was dealing with a lot of you know personal issues so it yeah. led him to to you know get back into drinking and things like that. And then the whole experience with the reshoots with Joss just made things 100% worse for him. And he dropped the role. He's like, yo, I never, ever want to do this again. Mm. The fact that, and this goes to the point that you made, that people clearly seem to love Zach and and what he does. The Mm. fact that Ben Affleck, a dude who was fucking struggling, comes back to A, retweet, hashtag release the Snyder Cut, B, promote the movie, and and if I'm, I'm telling y'all, if he comes back, Zack Snyder's my goat. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Christopher, Christopher Sheffield's my goat, and then Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> but but Chris, if we ever get yeah, back, yeah. wait, wait, till you, wait till you get Zach on here. <laughs> not gonna remember me. But but nah, dude, it's just <laughs> no, it's never that. Never Chris that. is on the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> you're, you're, all, you're already on the Mount Rushmore. You're already there. I'm like yeah. etched into. I'm like a, a shittily drawn like stick figure etched into the side of the face <laughs> of the a other smiley face, just like. <laughs> right like Chris every, was everything, here everything else is like chiseled and carved right it's not even a sticker Chris it's just Chris here. is here no, it's, it's graffiti <laughs> <laughs> not even his last it. name it's just like it just Chris. says Chris yeah just Chris <laughs> yeah I, mean, I think no, it would be I think it would be amazing because it, it's not like he had he doesn't already have his hands in the other projects that exist right like him and his wife are still producers yeah. on the greater universe yeah. the um, Wonder Woman 1984 they're still producing mm-hmm. He just mentioned that that he's still pro- like producing there. Word, so, yeah. He, he yeah, was, yeah. He he's, he's still his production Chris. company is still producing it because he he's been super involved, obviously with with Gal's Wonder Woman, like from the beginning. Well, because so. all those movies look like his movies in a sense. Mm-hmm. When you look at certain shots in um in Aquaman, to me, I was thinking. Don't get me wrong, James Wan is great. He does like, mm-hmm. an amazing job at what he does. But there are certain shots in Aquaman that I'm just. 
I said this when we were reviewing it months ago or years ago, whatever. <laughs> months ago. <laughs> <laughs> we were madly. I said there there are certain shots that it just it just oozes that Zach touch to it. And the same deal with Wonder Woman. There are certain shots in the No Man's Land scene in, in World mm-hmm. War One when she's yeah. running through the field. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Shot and all that. Like all respect to Patty Jenkins, but we we know where that comes from, man. Yeah, like the big the big slow mo fight yeah. sequence in the inside the uh, room, and she just rocks all those soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To me, to me, the Wachowski brothers weren't the ones who made slow mo cool. I, I guess that's a house that's a hot take with the Matrix and all that. But to me, three hundred was where everybody was like, "Yo, slow motion is amazing," and every time I see it on film, I just think of Zack Snyder. So, Chris, who in, who inspires you, man? Do you have like an inspiration in terms of of directors or writers or someone? Or just a group. What's your Mount Rushmore of like directors? Um, I don't know. It's no, hard. I, know it's I, I, it's, yeah, I, I never really <laughs> like. like I, <laughs> I, mean, I remember like like you know going through film school. It was always seemed like such a super important thing to have like your list of like ten favorite movies or like your ten favorite directors. Uh, but I think like as I went along, like I I kind of like stopped paying attention to updating the list. But like individual movies, I would love you know. Mm, um, right. Yeah, I don't know because like. You know, directors are, they're just like any other artist. Like, they, they can make good movies. They can make bad movies. Uh, so I don't want to put too much stock in them because then you might, like, lose sight of whatever, like, individual thing they're trying to make. Because, like, if, if you can imagine, this is kind of what's kind of weird about movies is that, like, when somebody writes a script, right, every right. every next line of that script is supposed to be the first time you're experiencing that moment. And it, and and nobody like nobody writes the script saying like oh like a Martin Scorsese this is a Martin Scorsese movie they write like this is a story about these gangsters so you should like to really enjoy a film for the way that it was supposed to be enjoyed you should enjoy it completely in a vacuum right so like no no marketing no trailer nothing you should just watch it like bare bones from the beginning to end oh, without knowing what's going to happen wow. uh, but we never really get to do that obviously because in our world we need to know a movie's coming out we need to be told that it's going to be dope and shown the marketing <sighs> Before Maybe we go to parallel universe, money on it. you yeah. you just made Ariel cream his pants. <laughs> not, you are on. You are definitely on Ariel's Mount Rushmore because this yeah. guy does not it's hasn't guy, watched man. a single trailer since like since 2008, 2008, I believe. You know, actually, uh, that's kind of exciting, uh, Ariel, for me on this this whole Snyder Cut thing because I dodged all of the Justice League trailers before the movie came out because I wanted to watch it fresh, right? But then, like, obviously, when we, when I got done watching, I was like, that's not, like, I didn't, I wasn't exactly. super, yeah. Exactly. I was like, there's no way that that was in the trailers. And then I, I, so I started seeing, obviously, once information started coming out that, like, wait, wait, this scene was in the trailer and it wasn't there. Oh, look at Aquaman's mm-hmm. tattoos are different from this frame. And I went straight down the rabbit hole of, like, all the, the yep. reshoots and stuff. Uh, but it's cool because... That means that I still don't know what's going to show up in the Snyder Cut because exactly. I didn't even watch the original trailers. Exactly. So are you going to do it again? Are you not going to watch any uh, Snyder Cut trailer, uh, like any trailers at all? Uh, I, I think I, I think I have the discipline to avoid the trailer. I, I will probably watch whatever. If he's dropping a clip uh, Saturday, I'll probably watch that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I've been jonesing for it for so Did long. Did you watch? Oh, he's like, he's like, oh, Did you, you watch got the teaser? Any more clips? <laughs> you got any more clips? The one, uh, the one with uh, Wonder Woman looking at the the images yeah. on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was it's kind of it's kind of crazy, right? You you Spoiler. watch that, you watch that, like, <laughs> you watch that on loop, and you're like, wow, I could watch this for two hours, and it'd be <laughs> so much better than what I saw in theaters. Her yeah, face, I sent it, I sent it to my buddy, he's a, a VFX artist, and and he's not like nearly as crazy a, a DC fan as I am, uh, but he's been kind of following it through me 
and uh, I sent him that clip and he he watched it and he got back to me. He's like, dude, that fucking that one clip had more like gravitas than most of the movie. Yeah, it had a lot that more heart. It had so much more heart than the whole entire movie. It, it, because it, it, it's intriguing because we have no idea what the fuck is going on. That's that's mm-hmm. the part Damn. that pulls you in. I can't I can't wait to log off this so I can watch it like five times in a row. I can't wait to <laughs> not see anything. I know. Uh, it's a, fall Eric, asleep to it. <laughs> fall asleep to it. I'm a, you know what? Like the more you talk about it, the more I'm like, should I avoid trailers? Should I be one of them? Should I join nah. the dark side? But no, nah. this isn't you even the dark side. Me and Mark. It's, it's the enlightened side. It's the like enlightened side. You have side. A, a, a podcast that's about pop culture and, and movies. And stuff. Like you have <laughs> yeah. to report on it. So exactly. you that's why I let them cook. I let them yeah. cook. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what we're going to. So what, what we're going to do whenever. Oh, well, we're probably going to have to do one on like Sunday after the. Mm-hmm. Justice Con on Saturday, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're we're gonna record it and we're just gonna send it over to Ariel. We'll be like mute it and just edit. <laughs> just <laughs> we'll we'll send you the timestamps. We'll send you the yeah. timestamps, buddy. We'll be like just, Ariel. Just this look was... at the wavelength and you'll know when exactly. When I see that looks like a Snyder kind of. Wait, hold on. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of, there's a lot of yeah. lines here. Lot this is what we'll do. There. We'll write we'll write where the spoilers are and it's like oh you see it's like the whole thing spoiler spoiler spoiler. Can't edit this shit. Every things redacted no, no, no like the, the thing the thing is uh chris with us like um ariel is our is our main, he's our producer pretty much you know he does mm-hmm. the edits and, and and everything so it's it's funny at that that's why i think him and the rest of us don't see eye to eye for i would say majority of the time in terms of things but we've noticed we've noticed a trend going on i want to see how it is for you because Mark, let's say Mark, Brian, and I will look at a story, and even though the cinematography might not be all that, uh, you know, certain lighting and things like that, we don't really. Like, that it'll annoy us. To it. it'll, it'll but annoy it won't. Us. It won't de- take us detract out. from the whole movie, it, and especially if the story's well written. We're like, oh, that was still a solid, good film. Mm-hmm. But for Ariel, I think it's the other way around. It could have less of a of a good of good storytelling and let's say the cinematography is beautiful like the lighting here is gorgeous he'll be like huh i'm like i like mm. that oh, all right <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah that's what Hold it on. is to right, I'll my point. You, yeah i'll chris, let him we're gonna get to our bag right now chris keep it real uh, has there ever been a film that you that you sat in the theater for and you're just watching it and you go all right why is the lighting like this? Why does because again, this is your it's shit. Probably, you know what you're doing. Yeah. You you critique it off rip. And not that it takes you out of the movie, but it's something that sticks out like a sore thumb to you in certain scenes. Sometimes for example, it does, yeah. Yeah, for example, Joss Whedon is known for doing TV shows and stuff, right? So Firefly mm-hmm. and Buffy and all that. When I saw the first Avengers, don't get me wrong, great experience, but it, it looked like a like a TV set the entire yeah. time because of the lighting. Yeah, so it's that, all that fill light. Exactly, all that filler light, and it just feels weird. It it feels everything feels staged. It, it didn't really have that that impact that I felt when he switched up cinematographers for Age of Ultron, and it co- looks like a completely different movie. Yeah. So yeah, could, yeah I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I think here here's a good test for that uh, for you. Have you seen a movie uh, called Vast of Night? Vast of Night. I'll check it out. Okay, you should you should watch it, and, and you guys should should gauge his reaction to it. It's on uh, it's on Amazon Prime. I was gonna record him the whole time, like yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a very indie film. Uh, it does a lot of stuff right, um, but you, I think you can tell it's an indie film. But whether or not like it, that stuff is really bothering you, you'll notice in that because uh, the first time I watched it, I, I got to watch it twice with two different groups, and one of the groups had a lot of industry people in it, and the other one didn't. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, neither one of them were bothered by things that I would typically like count as like check marks against the movie because they felt that the dialogue and the story, however minimal it was, was so strong. Like it did what it did so well that they weren't taken out of uh, of it by like the indie elements of it. From the screenshots I'm looking at, you look into it. Yeah, <laughs> so he's like. It looks really good. It's, See, it's a cool we, movie, man. It's, it's, we, a, it's a tiny film. You can tell, like they they shoestring budget that movie, but I think it came out really good. Yeah, because we we just finished um our review last week uh, on the old guard, and Mar- Mark and I like we we really enjoyed it, and most of that was due to the storytelling. Mm-hmm. And Ariel Ariel enjoyed it to an extent, but there were certain scenes in terms of like you know the behind the, the use scene of music, of they, it. Like, yeah, like the use of like, like that he didn't enjoy music. Uh, there, there was no style to the oh. film in, in a sense and all that. So uh, I will agree. With I you hate that music. I missed that. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my wife as well. She was like, "What the fuck is with all the pop music? Like, why do we keep getting another pop song every scene?" Yeah. Damn. All right. Well, I need to stop. Talk- I need to stop talking to y'all because now I'm gonna be like super critical of all that. I'm like, oh, no, no, you I'm don't saying, have to be. Why, you don't have why to. Why is no, Miley I, Cyrus playing right now? What is this garbage? <laughs> why is Party in the USA playing? Are <laughs> shooting people? No, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the what the naysayers think. If you like the movie, it's a good movie. That's exactly. all. Again, film is subjective. Yeah, yes. and I think right, um, you being a creative yourself, a, a filmmaker, you know, um, back to what we were talking about. Yeah, there's some people that are gonna love it, some people are gonna hate it, and us, especially too, as podcasters, we're just gonna have to accept both. I'm like, thank you for loving it, thank you for hating it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It, so it, love it, me. It, it gets really, <laughs> it gets really easy uh, for filmmakers to to try to like focus on those elements like too much and they it's like like you know a movie is like a magic trick right like i don't want to know how you did it just like wow me just hit me with something cool so i i try to when i try to watch the movie i try not to go into it as a filmmaker as much as possible i try to be just as a fan as like yeah yeah like as empathetic to whatever they're doing as mm-hmm. as i can be like if it's a horror film i try to really just give myself oh, to the movie and be scared by it i can't you know like it's it, if it's yeah if it's emotional i try to just like get emotional with the movie i try not to go in there too much thinking of the lighting and stuff uh there's an element of that that you can't help like mm-hmm. if, if a movie is just if a movie is really captivating me i'm gonna start while i'm watching it studying it and trying to figure out why it's doing what it's doing so well mm-hmm. uh and then you know I'll, I'll do that again and again as i watch it over and over again and you know in the future but exactly yeah. something a movie that made me feel like that when i shouldn't feel like that was the first hangover film it, it looked really cool. And then the second one, and then the third one, and then I find out that Lauren Scher is the guy who did the lighting, the cinematography for uh, for Joker. And I said, of course, mm-hmm. it makes sense. And yeah, that, that's yeah. something that I really studied and looked into. No, the first one definitely, like, it, it looked way more cinematic than it had any right to, given that story. It's a comedy yeah. movie. Why yeah. does it look like... <laughs> I, I recently watched it, like, two months ago. I was like, wow, this is, like, a really good-looking movie. Like, It looks I'm... beautiful. And it, Right, it's a, it's a comedy. And, and typically, comedies, you wouldn't really, like, think about the cinematography as much yeah they usually do what's called a uh, high key lighting which is just like the that tv like everything's oh, bright stage and lighting yep let me, let me take down some notes next time next time we have money we have to burn our notepads and shit so we can start taking oh, oh you mean this <laughs> <laughs> i know right look I'm, I'm ready to go listen man it 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 comes it, it's really dope especially <laughs> watching nothing. <laughs> it's really Damn dope it, watching Brian. a film uh chris is there any time where, where you find yourself watching something and you go holy shit that was really cool let me write something down so this can uh 
aid me in, in creativity later on. Sort of like a footnote, like, okay, remember this shot? See what you can do with that and recreate it. Is that something you yeah. look into? Yeah, it, it's that's huge, and it's huge within within us in the industry too. When we're sort of conceptualizing like what a project is going to be, um, there is a, a portion of like pre production where, like, say, like if I if I am not going to shoot my own movie and somebody else is going to shoot it, mm-hmm. I have to tell them kind of how I want it to look and feel. And again, I, I don't want to like do their job for them, but I want them to know how the scene should feel uh, in general, and then I'll let them choose like what lights to use and where to put them and stuff. Um, but you do like you do create like vision boards based off of other films. Um, I just got one uh, recently for this this uh, horror film that we're shooting this weekend, and it had a bunch of stills from uh, the movie Green Room. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. Fantastic film. It, I Dude, don't want to watch it again, but it, fucking, <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it was um, but like the, it, it was that movie looked really good, and it had this like certain kind of green tint, and it had this really indie vibe. So there's a it bunch. It had of a very grimy that. feel to it. I like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so we we do that all the time, uh, you know, for for films. We'll like show frames of what we want it to look and feel like. Um, so like it's inevitable as I'm watching a movie, I definitely start collecting those in my head. Um, and what, what's always really cool too is like cool experiences like to have a movie that you liked when you were a kid or just when you were younger, and then go back and watch it again as an adult and realize that it was actually like really cool. Or like you know, like because like, right, as right. a kid, obviously like why, it's way like easier. Why you like it stuff. so much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you go back or, and you or realize, the, or the other way around, right? The other way around is like the worst. It's like <laughs> it's I, I love Batman and Robin when I was a kid, and then I watched that. I was like, oh, oh that's a great convo, like, Chris. Is, yeah, is, can you give us an example of something that you thought of when you were younger? You go, oh, this was great, and then you look back on it, you're, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> I think, and, and like you, I mean, your viewers might crucify me for this, but honestly, I think all of the old Batman films that were live action are pretty bad. Um, I mean, like you know, I, I loved them obviously as a kid, but I don't think that Tim Burton uh, knew what the fuck he was doing with that story with those characters. I think. Chris, every- th- thanks a lot for coming on, man. Uh, <laughs> But like, like obviously, like it, it meant a lot to me as a kid. I watched the movies, all four of them. I watched them as a child. They didn't, I, you know, I fucking loved the the Joel Schumacher ones too. I had the toys. I had the excitement for them. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, just like if you have that remembrance as a kid, if you have that memory that those were great, just don't go back and rewatch them. Just let them be legendary. So, so you believe that nostalgia, nostalgia. can cloud the can cloud our judgment, but in a sense, we also have to let nostalgia just be nostalgia and not return to it. Yeah, I, I don't. There was a. I, I mean, I think we're we're sort of like regressing from it a little bit. But uh, there was a huge. I felt like there was a huge nostalgia movement, like over the last like maybe like five to six years of pop culture, where everything is just like like they're you know they're redoing a lot of movies and stuff because there's yeah. a lot of like mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of it's viewers' fault too because there's a lot it of is. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of financial stability in doing something that people are going to go see again. Um, yep. But yeah, so I, I I I don't really subscribe to that. I think that like the new movie, the the different thing that somebody is doing is more interesting, more exciting. Exactly. You know? I don't like reboots at all. Take. I don't yeah, like. Yeah, leave it alone, man. Let it be. Yep. Let it be cool. It's enough. It's enough yes. as it is. We don't Spider-Man need eight Halloweens. <laughs> Spider Man Two. You watched it probably as a kid, right? Or. Uh-huh. And how about now? Have you have you seen it recently? What what's your thought? Is it nostalgia? No, actually, or was it that good of a movie? I'm fucking. I'm actually worried to watch it again because people have hyped it up so hard. Like that saying that it was like I've seen memes memes going around that it was like the best Ooh. superhero film. And yeah, people whoa, are crazy. Whoa, whoa. I mean, obviously, no, no. I mean, that's the thing is like, I haven't revisited it since I saw it as a kid. I was, obviously, I loved it then. I thought uh, Doc Ock was fucking great, and I loved the relationship he had to Doc Ock, uh, which uh, Anthony, what's the actor's name? Anthony Modena? Yes. Anthony Molina, yep. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I think he's he's a he's a fantastic actor, and I think he brought a lot of of sort of like levels to that character where you actually like as a kid watching it, you wanted him to think you were cool. You're like, oh, I want this guy's approval too, the way that Peter did in the film. Um, but again, I haven't I haven't revisited Alfred Molina. Um, sorry, Alfred Molina. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I remember it being a great movie. I haven't revisited it in a long time. Damn. Uh, so I, I mean, just, they, I, guess... I, I will not. I'm not like an asshole though. Like I'll, I, I go easy on movies a lot. <laughs> I, no, think, and I, think I, I see where that perspective love, comes from. You're, you're I better think a lot of people Toby <laughs> Spider-Man. I think, I think a lot of people love Toby Spider-Man because of nostalgia. Yeah, I think. It, yeah, I think. Absolutely. If, I think if those movies came out now, people would shit on them. Yeah, I mean, also when we all, I mean, oh, yeah, the people would de- people would destroy them if they came out now. The tastes have absolutely. changed so much. Uh, but absolutely. also, like I mean, when we saw those, we were kids, you know, and so like him him being a, a grown dude he just looked like a college kid to us and so it, exactly it, yeah but if we watch it <laughs> he's now a we're grown like, he's like ass man he's a grown yeah. ass man out here like word like pretending you went high school hell no <laughs> like did you <laughs> pay taxes we can tell yeah. <laughs> exactly. like Kristen dunce is paying rent somewhere dude like, <laughs> word. like stop it who are you trying to fool <laughs> That's yeah, I mean, and, and that was like, you know, back in the, in the early days of comic book movies, it was like the Wild West. Like, they were just doing whatever they wanted. You know, yeah, you got yeah. Sam, Sam Raimi just doing wild yeah. shit with the camera that nowadays yeah, people people would not get on board with. Exactly. With and it. Sam Raimi comes from a background of real campy, cheesy horror stuff like yeah. Evil Dead. And I understood it. Realm. Yeah, that's, that's, why, that's why he's about to kill Doctor Strange, too. I, I was about to say, yeah, didn't he just get a Marvel contract? It was Doctor yeah. Strange, right? For Doctor yeah. Strange, yep. Yeah, That's gonna be interesting. Damn. Yeah, he's gonna do some weird shit with it. Yep, <laughs> some weird shit. With like, it. like what Star Lord said to this dude, I'm gonna do some weird shit. <laughs> but like, speaking of speaking of weird shit, Chris, you watch Doom Patrol? Oh, I fucking love Doom Patrol. It's yes. so oh yes, right. So and like weirdest man. fucking show ever, like, man. If you watch that, do you it, uh, like? Because I know I'm most of the time I'm exactly like uh, Cliff. I'm just like. What the fuck is going yes. on? What, like, yes. going on? His, his the placement of his what the fucks are like, the best part of the show. <laughs> perfect. They, yeah, they always come when you as the audience are feeling exactly the same way. Like, yeah, I, I remember. I can't remember what episode it was in the first season, but right, it was the magic episode <laughs> when like you had the, the singing horse head. Oh, yeah. Baphomet. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God, dude. Like from that point on, I, was, I mean, I was already like into the show, but from that point on, I was like, whatever you guys do, I'm in. This is fucking great. Like, yeah, just right. keep getting weird. I really, I really I, love where the for, season two is going. It has this uh, uh, fucked up Alice in Wonderland kind, not Alice in Wonderland, mm-hmm. fucked yeah. up uh, Wizard of Oz kind of vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that that's my <laughs> thing. It's just like all these, all these, you know, especially let's say the DC universe as a whole, because um, for the most part. You know, we're watching Stargirl, Doom Patrol, Titans. Like they each have a different vibe to it, and like like we said, Doom Patrol is weird. So it's just it's just nice to know that although we live in a world where at least we think, and no, we know it's hard to to sort of you know create a film that everyone's gonna love, but. It's also satisfying to know, like a show like Doom Patrol, as weird as it is, so many people love it, and you yeah. have the opportunity to make something just as weird or something just as goofy, and it could create a huge crowd of, of people to love it i yeah i mean i, I rarely I, get people that shit on doom patrol like i rarely hear that i i would argue that the doom patrol is one of the one of the best like metaphorical representations of like depression and mental illness that i've like ever seen on on a tv show you know like like because that that rarely i feel like is done in a way that you truly like empathize with a character who makes mistakes over and over again typically you tend to like get sick of them you know especially in a tv show where 
the plots are very cyclical and you know you got people making the same mistakes every episode yep and right. Doom patrol like yeah like they <clears throat> they have these like constant regressions into like the things that they're doing you know that they do the wrong trauma. in their lives yeah the trauma just keeps coming back but they yep. approach it on top of all of the goofy shit they approach the trauma with such like a a, a mature like it's genuine know, yeah gen- exactly that's a great word for it. such a gen- genuine vibe like it's just it's so easy to love all of these even though there's so i think uh two two hbo shows that i think um i know what he's about to say i yeah, know it what one of the go. shows one of the shows let's go you gonna you gonna have uh, to mention watchmen right of course all watchmen right. um but um but my, the first show i want to talk about is euphoria oh euphoria was great man yeah i was oh i loved it we, yeah. I think we all loved it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Loved yeah. It. yeah. 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 I think it was definitely this... like watching it. I was like, fuck. I mean, my high school wasn't like that at all. These guys are way fucking wilder than I was. <laughs> uh, yo, we talk, uh, about, like, the, we talk about the scene where they're on the couch, all shirtless. All, all the guys the before I'm the like... party. I'm like, who does this? I was like, when did this happen? Did I miss okay. this party? I've actually I've actually been in situations like that, but it's fine. Yeah, I, I will say like I, I, did, I did a little oh. bit of sports in high school and like the, the dicks out in the locker room. That's real. That's just how it No, I mean, yes. like. Yeah. Very real. <laughs> but at a house party, everybody's in the living real. room at like in the living room with their shirts off in a house party. Like, no, nah, I mean, I've, I've, be, I've never been to a house party. I've like witnessed that. it. I've, I've, never, witnessed I've it. never went to that. That Come show through. just like bled style like all over yeah. the place. Like every yeah. every frame, every experience. The sound. Whenever whenever yeah. anybody was well, like like whenever um Rue was like high up like off drugs, like it was like mm-hmm. the, the the cinematography everything like the way they. The camera film, work, like, everything. Yeah, camera everything work. It was just it. so amazing. Yeah. I was like, that was the first show where I was like, this, like, where I really noticed it. Like, where I was like, wow. Like, that was, like, super dope how they filmed this whole scene. Yeah, like, and the behind the scenes on that, like, when Junior oh sent that God. video, it was, where, it was crazy was how like, they did that. Yeah, absolutely. It was yeah. so dope. They had a, a scene, uh, Chris, where it's like, she was laying on the bed, but then they had the crane, like, the camera crane, and then it, it show like the school like people walking and then zendaya would have to like walk behind the crane yeah they had the crane they had the camera another, on, a, another, on a slider yeah yeah so get to another amazing. scene i'm just like i'm like how the fuck like i don't even know where to begin like i, I, would, mm-hmm. I would just sit there i'll be like uh <laughs> like guys uh i need help i don't know what where to go <laughs> where, do, where, do, where do we go with all this <laughs> yeah and it's crazy too because so much of that like it, it's so respectable to see because it's such a technical process like th- there are times when to pull stuff off like that you have your camera on like a remote head that literally moves uh you know from like left to right or pans up and down in a in a like mathematical timing mm-hmm. so that you can cut two things together that don't you know that happen on two completely separate days maybe even weeks apart in the production um so it's it's always like incredible to see stuff and that's like uh watchman did a lot of that too with these like just perfect transitions from scene to scene that you know that like those things were so difficult to do on the day. And I know it's, it's gotta be really hard for a director who is like trying to focus on the creative process to also be aware of the mathematical process to make these yep. transitions work like that. Yeah. Some advice yeah. I've heard before is, uh, shoot, whatever you're shooting, think of how you're going to edit it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have, you definitely have to have the edit in mind. I think that like, that's, that's uh, his quote. That, that was you heard it from him. He just said it. <laughs> like, come on, man. You said it first. I'm just parroting you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, a hundred percent. Like you, when it when it comes to to crafting something, I think one of the the 
most important things that I learned from doing my own movies and that I, I'll carry with me forever and ever. And it's just that like, however you envision that scene is how you should shoot it. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't like get other shots just in case your idea doesn't work. But if you have like a weird idea, do it. You know, like if you, if oh, yeah. you want the camera to move a certain way, if you want the actor to, to, to do something a certain way, that's like weird and bizarre. Uh, Cause I promise you like, the first couple of films you make aren't going to be brilliant unless you're like a savant and good for you, but most people aren't. So like the first couple of films you make are going to teach you how to do it. Um, so there's going to be a lot of stuff you do that people probably aren't going to remember, but they're going to remember the weird thing you did. Like they're going to remember the thing that feels like your signature in the middle of a scene that they feel like they've already watched before. That, you know? that, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. Do you feel like you, you have that certain style like that's that you can call yours, not, not yours, obviously. Cause you know, uh, it's mm -hmm. not like it's not like you created this certain style. No, it's his, bro. It's his. It's Chris on the Mount Rushmore. Chris. It's Chris. It's Chris. <laughs> no, I mean, I, they're definitely. I, I absolutely do have a style. Uh, I, there is a hundred percent, and that's something that has been really cool. I, I feel like even though I've been doing movies my whole life, it's like the last like two years. I feel like I figured out what my style is and started like started developing it. Um, because you, as as you work across multiple genres of film, you start to figure out like what is the one thing that I do that that that's what I, why I was going to ask that question because yeah I I, I saw you know um, that you know you you do different genres so it's like mm -hmm. how can you stay consistent with the same style if the genre is different you know obviously with certain genres you can keep it that way but let's say you're doing from a horror to a to a comedy you know it it, it varies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like the, the main thing is that like, I, I don't like, I, I think if I had one major pet peeve about like recent, recent films and stuff, and this isn't counting the ones that I think have done it really well, but there's almost a little too much like self-awareness uh, inside like movies and stuff. Now there's a little too much wink and a nod for me. Um, and I, I just, I like to really like respect the source material. If it's supposed to be like, if, if you're doing a comedy, and there's a scene where a character talks to his, say, like his a parent figure that has cancer or something, right? Just because it's a comedy doesn't mean that that scene has to be funny, you know? Like you, you can, yeah. yeah. So like that's like I, I, I find myself, I feel like I go for the, the human element in whatever story I'm doing, and unfortunately, like as because of like the way that movies are now, like you know, or at least before the shutdown, you know, all the big blockbusters were fun, wink and a smile and a nod films. Um, to do that now, people would label it kind of dark. They would say that like approaching like the human yep. element of a scene is what makes it like a dark scene. And uh, but I, I think it just makes it like a real scene. It just you find the reality exactly. of the scene and then you don't try to like gloss over it, you know, and put like glitter on top of something that should be very human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Chris, do you think we're seeing? Do you think we're going to the movies this year, or like what, what's going on? <laughs> I, I, had, I had previously told my wife, I was like, if if two movies, if Tenet or Wonder Woman goes to theaters this year. Uh, I'm going to go there with like a mask and a face shield on like both sides of my Hazmat head. And, yeah. 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 And we're, we're buying four seats cause we're only sitting in two of them. We're keeping oh, people away from us. Like, okay. yeah. Like, I, cause I, I, I mean, obviously like we all love okay, money, man. That's an investment. I mean, I, I miss, I miss the theater so much. Uh, man. What, what was and, the last uh, movie you saw in theaters? I'm trying to remember. I think it was, uh, uh, is it, was it called onward? The Pixar one. Oh, oh wait! Onward. Oh, you caught that in, in theaters? That's lit. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It was great. Fucking it was awesome. great. I, I love, I, I love brother, that. brother angles and stories. That, that yep, was... made me cry. So yeah, that, that's all I'm here for. And it's Pixar, so you you already know what they're gonna do with that. Yeah, you know they're good at what they do, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mine was yeah, I, I miss theaters. Man. Yeah, I think Birds of Prey was. Yeah, Birds, Birds of Prey was, was the last film I saw in theaters. 
Birds of Prey was fun, man. That was a cool yeah, movie. That was a great time. The, the first time around, I, I was being a bit too critical of it. And the second time around, I was like, ah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, it's really hard to make a, a movie, like a comic book movie for a general audience. You know, there's like, there's two ways to go about it. You either, A, you make it so simple that it's like like a, a, a Marvel film, right? Like where you sort of like repeat kind of the same themes across Formula. multiple films. Yeah, you form, you make it formulaic or you explain too much. And so like uh, Harley Quinn did a thing, yeah, where like there was too much uh, exposition. Like we really didn't, we didn't need her to tell us what was happening. If we had just yep. been thrown into the mix, it would have been fine. That was a gripe I had with it and I got yeah. cooked for it. But it's all good. <laughs> but I mean, I, you know, I never, I never hate having a lot of Margot Robbie in the film. Like I, I'll get listen to her talk all day. She's great. Um, man, what was the fucking, what was the beef with legs in that movie? I feel like more legs were broken in that film than like any movie. <laughs> ah, they didn't want us to the walk out the theater. Oh, yeah, it was just like constantly like yeah. legs were just being snapped. I was like, God. They're like, yo, if we break enough legs, they'll stay throughout the whole film. <laughs> <laughs> they won't feel guilty about walking. <laughs> they'll feel grateful that they have legs. So like, they'll, they, they'll, they'll equate that to the, how they feel about the movie. They were like, wow, that was really good. <laughs> They're like wow, no, yes. I, feel, but, I feel you on that, Chris. In terms of like Tenet coming out, I might, hmm. I might go Chernobyl casual for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way to do it, man. Yeah, it Chernobyl. sucks. Actually, uh, the the Western that we did is uh, it's supposed to have like a, a really sweet theater deal in Arizona, which is where we shot Ooh. it because it's got a lot of local love there. Nice. And, uh, but that's the thing is that we don't know anything about when theaters are going to open. And then even the theaters, right. you know, the guys who own the theaters don't know either. So it's this like constant. Right. Like there, there's a lot of I don't know happening right now, especially my industry. I'm, I'm sure it's across the board, but it's yeah. it's really weird because like, you know, even as of today, I was supposed to be working on a friend's film, but like leading up to the day before it started, uh, you know, California announced COVID levels were a lot higher. And then suddenly the actress was like, I'm not comfortable. And the whole thing just disappears. Uh, and it's been like that, like a lot, a lot of projects are just kind of going away because nobody even knows how they're going to sell them when they're done with them, you know, until things get yeah. back to normal. So yeah well, that's I mean, so opens again so, yeah <laughs> so chris like what um kind of where do you where do you see yourself in like in like five to, to ten years like what's your you know do you, do you have a plan or it's kind of like you're just going going with the flow kind of thing uh i've been courting the the studio system a little bit more um we did a a friend of mine who is she's actually writing for netflix now she's like one of their staff writers and she's wow. yeah she's badass um she started she was actually working with uh cartoon network before that um, oh yeah what show but, uh, what show you can't drop the name and <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe she she wrote on ben 10 for a while and then um uh, the, <laughs> are you guys wow, we're we're fucking corny <laughs> i know right <laughs> familiar with the show uh do you guys know craig of the creek uh i've heard of it never watched it Okay, uh, her, her brother created that show from scratch. So oh, she shit. and and but it like it, you know she wasn't working there because of him. She was working there because she's dope, and she ended up writing on some of those episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yo, her, yeah. Her, bro her brother's like, "Yo, I could just get you." She's like, "I'm gonna do it myself." She's yeah, like, I'm gonna do it myself. <laughs> I don't need you. She's, she's like, "Yo, matter of fact, matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna be better than you." Like <laughs> she gets mad competitive, right? She's like, "Yo, she get on my face." She's badass. But yeah, so her and I, uh, we actually awesome. wrote for a, a DC property together. That's it, it's. I can't talk about it too much because it's. It's not. It doesn't exist yet. But just when you send something like this into that oh. realm, you just gotta kind of like not talk about it. Um, but I did. Uh, we we wrote like a spec thing, and we we created like a whole. Well, be like a whole season. We spent like just days and days just getting together and writing on this thing, and then 
we actually shot like spec footage for it and we um, sent that into people uh, at Warner Brothers. And what's, what's kind of like, it's cool. It's very exciting because when you do that, you're sort of like on a, this precipice of like, if somebody takes this call and lets me into a room to talk to somebody, your career isn't the same after that, you know, like whether like it just opens so many more doors. Yeah. But it's like, you know, in the indie film world, somebody might call me today and be like, let's shoot a movie next week. I've got some funding and be like, great, send me the script. Let's get moving. But in the studio world, it just moves so slow. So like Mm -hmm. they, you know, I like we got, we have confirmation through people who know people who know people that the product got to them, the initial product got to them and they, you know, enough to know that like somebody was Googling us to figure out who we were Mm. and, you know, things were like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll set a meeting as soon as, uh, you know, sometime mid next month. And then Mark, you never told us anything about this dude. I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then it just becomes next month and then it becomes next month and next (laughs) month. So like it's, it's, and you don't want to say like, oh, it's dead. Like no one's listening to it because obviously COVID gets in the way and stuff. And at the time, you know, they were going through their whole HBO max thing like the the initial like rumors of the rollout so i'm sure that they were you know constantly trying to decide on where content was going to go and if they were going to want to develop anymore and if they did who was going to own it who's going to pay for it so I'm, I'm sure that like we threw you know like a dart into a fucking uh hailstorm uh so if, if it comes around and we end okay. up getting to do it it'll be really cool uh because we we definitely in the process of like writing this we fell in love with the story and stuff so, oh, this so, is so can we get a hint? No, no, right. Hold no. on. I was gonna say, can we get? Can we no, get I, I don't. I don't want to say anything about no, it because no, it, no, no. I will not, say that not. it doesn't. The the property we didn't create the property. The the property already belongs uh, to DC. So I mean, how if they decided oh, to just take it from right, us, they right. could. But they. Oh, I, I I I cracked it. Yo, yeah. no, I know who it is now. <laughs> it's the Batflix. HBO Max series. That's what. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. He mentioned it. It's it, he said it. it. You just had to decipher it. HBO sure. Max. Speaking in code, man. There was a and lot of letters that he just said. You could yeah. just like, pick out the letters. If, right. if, they just, if they would just let me direct a Batman film, everything would be okay. <laughs> uh, he said Matt Reeves. Who? <laughs> Wow. I mean, yeah, no, Matt Reeves is brilliant. But yeah, just like God, let, <laughs> let someone who movie. you know, let someone who loves it take over, you know, not somebody who has to learn to love it, you know. Ooh. And put a blue filter on it like he did with Planet of the Apes, you mean. <laughs> Ooh. I actually wow. I'm I'm actually really curious what uh what do you how do you guys feel about Titans? They I love it. They can't do a season finale for the life of them. They really can't. <laughs> no spoilers, no spoilers. I really want to yeah, get into we, that show. We won't spoil it. Look. Okay. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. Yeah. Suit, the, the, the suits, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, the plot, the story, I feel it's very, very well uh, fleshed and very well. There are some great ideas there, but the problem is their execution at certain points. That just yeah. Yeah. Make Do you think that's thing. a writing problem, though? Do you guys Absolutely. think so? Yeah, yeah. I Absolutely. think it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a writing development problem. I think they have... Uh, they they probably have a, a team that has worked on other things uh, that, you know, like, oh, like this team is very successful on this show. Let's bring them on right. uh, to write Titans. Yeah. And it's, it's just unfortunate because, and, and uh, granted too, I don't know how much behind the scenes, like overlord control was going on too, because of the whole kind of weirdness with the, the season finale, of the first season, yeah. you know, like it's losing episodes off the, the <laughs> end of it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, I just, it, it's, I think that's what happens when you, when you have a group of people who didn't, who don't love the source material or know it like intimately being asked to Damn. write these stories, you know, is they, they don't know how little is actually enough, you know, right. like so, these characters were these characters as they are, are enough. Like you don't have to build on them 
just give us what they people just want to see what they were and what they are you know can an argument be made against that to a point because that's a really good thing to mention in terms of hiring the right people for the job because something that always sticks with me when it comes to mentioning Zack Snyder is that these are characters that he adores and he actually cares for Mm. so it's in good hands to an extent but do you think that going forward the industry will change to the point where they want to get always the right person for the job and not the person they think is right for the job uh it's it's hard to say i know that like there's a there's a big push in the industry right now to get uh you know more like marginalized voices uh up in the space so mm-hmm. you know like and which is like it's a fucking great thing to do um but i think also that they're going to start leaning on them to tell these stories uh because they're going to assume that you know whoever we had before is too used to the the standard like plug and play process we want to bring yeah. in these more exciting you know, writers, the, these younger writers, these ethnic writers, these whatever writers that can mm-hmm. tell stories that we don't know yet. So I feel like we're going to start seeing a lot more like uh, interesting representation of who these characters are, which yeah. is fine because that, you know, they need to be related to another audience, you know, like I, I don't, I don't think that there's a problem with changing the characters, uh, you know, to make adaptations. Exactly. Just as long as you, as yeah, long as you're right. doing it good, you know, and, exactly. and good doesn't have to be like, comic book accurate good just has to be good in its own right it has to compelling just be good. Yo, this yeah. is literally yeah. what we've been we've talked about so many times on this podcast like, just make it's it like, good man <laughs> just make it good and, and yeah. like we see all these people freaking out about like oh my god like jim gordon's not white he like he casted uh what's his name uh jeffrey Wright, jeffrey Wright uh yeah. to play gordon and it's like oh he's not white oh it's like who cares or who even with zendaya was yeah. zendaya oh mj the, not my mj yeah the hashtag like, oh, fuck <laughs> off guys <laughs> really fuck <laughs> off dude go home so yeah well there's that, a lot that, of fragility in that space Chris, that, that's what i want to bring up to you because you know you as a comic book fan you've seen it we've all seen it like this can be a toxic it's a very fun very exciting community but it can be very very toxic so it's like you know i think and and i you know i speak for all of us here if you ever do get an opportunity which i'm sure you will because you're very passionate and you you love it and you're dedicated to it if and when you get that opportunity to write or or direct a comic book movie like how how do you think you're going to approach it because like if you think you're getting criticism now for some of your films, yeah. like imagine doing, especially now that it's trending, like superhero movies are the thing. Like they are the, the main blockbuster. Right. Oh. So a- anybody can get it. It don't matter who the director is, who the writer is, like they will like try and end you. <laughs> they we're will yeah. try we're dealing you. with a spoiled fan base. So spoiled. if you don't cater, yeah, exactly if you don't cater to them, spoiled as shit. you're canceled or something. So Yeah, yeah. I think uh, when it comes to stuff like that, because obviously like it, it's really difficult with these projects because the moment that any detail comes out, you know, we find out about it, it gets spread around. And then I'm sure you guys, you know, like you'll see on Google because Google will predict the things that you guys like. You'll get like 18 articles that deliver the same single line of new information wrapped around a bunch of old shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like things, these, this, it gets overreported constantly. Um, so I think the, at least in my estimation, obviously I haven't done this yet, so I haven't been told I can't do this, but my, like process would probably just to be very very uh vocal and forward facing with the fan base through the entire thing so if so for instance if i was the director of titans 
and uh, a picture leaks of my actress, you know, holding a fucking umbrella while she's not like in character and people start losing their shit over the fact that, you know, she looks the way that she looks like I would be the first person on Twitter or putting out a video on YouTube or something like explaining and defending what we were doing. And then I would, you know, I would personally like call the studio heads and be like, Hey, do you guys mind? Can I take this BTS picture that I took? And can I post this and be like, Hey guys, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you kind of like drown out the, the nonsense, right. you know, like, because if you look at like the way that, uh, that David Sandberg, uh, you know, handles it with like Shazam and with his other films, mm-hmm. he's so vocal and he's so forward facing with information that there isn't really a lot of like questions around his movies. You know, when they come out, like he's, he has a presence on social media. He'll tell people what's happening. If something weird dropped, he would put out a video and be like, guys, come on. Like, that's yeah. not what's happening. Yeah. You know, it's so like, yeah, I think, I think that's all like, and that's one of the, the reasons that, you know, it's good for them to look at younger, newer, more exciting directors because yeah. people that aren't so uh, afraid to get on a microphone constantly and just talk to the fan base, yeah. you know, I mean, just like the... be, be present. I, I, God, if I was doing a DC property, I would be so fucking excited about it that I wouldn't shut up. And so the fans were like, they would get sick. They'd be like, dude, just like, let us watch it. Like, cause I, I'd just be talking about it all the time. So, but, um, what I was going to say with that is, is one, I know you've definitely, you definitely like wrote some form of Batman script, haven't you? Like in your lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did the, the Batgirl scripts, obviously. Those, oh, no, right. those, yeah. I'm, t- I'm talking through. about like Bruce Wayne, uh, still like a storyline, like with, you know, just a, uh, I, I wouldn't say like a, yeah, a, a, a fan-made, you know, script that you would one day come, come want to see come to life. Yeah. Like, have you done that? Yeah. Well, can, can you pitch it to us? Can we hear it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to, I, you absolutely don't have to. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I want to hear it. I'm, I'm in the mood for some Batman right now. Um, definitely, definitely not in, in the uh, pitchable. Um. <laughs> Got you. Yeah, nothing that's like nothing that's exciting or ready to talk about. I mean, obviously, I know, and you guys have talked about this before. The Court of Isles story, I think, is fucking excellent, and it's it's so like ingrained in like the history of Gotham. But I think if you're gonna do one, like even even the way that that comic starts, like you know, the the very first frame of those comics, it says, you know, like the little panel, like what is Gotham, and the whole story wraps around to what Gotham is. Like I think right. that like if you were gonna do a story like that's a excellent one to go with yeah. because you're going to get into the the entire history and psyche of batman um yeah i mean uh, uh I don't i'm green lighting it that's yeah. it you don't need to keep talking bro it's green lit. that's it <laughs> i mean, I mean if, if we ever get opportunity like we'll all we'll all collab on a, on a dope batman court of owls story so we'll do <laughs> so down yeah i mean like the yeah. main thing is to like Martin, you know figure out what the figure out what the heart of the character is and then make that the the focus the point of the show you know like because like you can be exciting and, and bombastic with like your plot as long as it keeps coming back to the heart of the character. And I think that's, at least for me, and that feels like for, for you guys, like what Zach did right, is that he respected the heart of these characters. Uh, you know, aside from all of the whatever golden age shit that people really wanted to see them do. Right. Like, yeah. No, yeah, he, 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 yeah, he wrote like a real story and, and put a real heart to it. So that's, and so like, even with like the Batgirl uh, web series that we were doing, you know, the the focus was making sure that the point of, Barbara Gordon the point of Batgirl is that she is you know the member of the Bat family who can smile at the end of the day and who could win a fight with a hug versus a punch you know and like and not that she can't punch not that she won't punch but you know she would she doesn't go in there the same way that Batman does she doesn't come down like with you know punishment raining from the heavens and so like that's something that like you know, that's so true yeah she yeah so like yeah exactly so like writing her you know you have to be aware of that element of her and make sure that 
the point of your story is to highlight mm -hmm. who she is, you know, yeah. and then in that way, people can can uh, resonate with her. Right. And and to your point as well, you know, because you were talking about, um, you know, having direct new directors, new writers, like a younger, like kind of generation. Well, the the Batman writer, uh, Mattson Tomlin, I believe that's his name. Like, he's not, you know, I think this is his first big, like major, you know, screenplay that he's doing. He's also doing a movie on Netflix, the, the Jamie Foxx one. Uh, I forgot what it was called. Oh, Harry, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 oh, intern, intern. <laughs> um, but no, so like, I, I think, you know, in a, in a sense, that's only one name, but I feel yeah. Project Power, like Project Power. Thank you. It's, it's Power, another yeah. superhero, uh, like movie based kind of thing. But to, to your point, like, yeah, I feel I feel the industry should change. And I think it will in terms of just exactly like you said, you know, like, why not get people that actually understand these characters that have read them their whole lives? You mm -hmm. know, and, I, and, I, and that's why, to me, the old guard, I really enjoyed as well, because the the guy who wrote the story, the comic, the graphic novel, he did the screenplay for it. Oh, that's cool. So, I didn't know and, that. Yeah, yes. And it's like, although I, I feel like it is a lot different, not a lot different, but there are a lot of differences in terms of, of writing a screenplay and writing a comic book. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, he's the one that created these characters. He's the one that understands them the most out of anybody yeah. else. So, and although obviously, you know, you didn't create Batman, but in a sense, you've been a part of his history because you've read so many of those comics. You've watched mm -hmm. all his movies. So you, you know, you can create something great out of it. And it's not to say that Matt Reeves can't. I'm sure the first look I got, I was like, Jesus, I can't wait for this movie already. And like, there was no blue filter, so I was very was, surprised. <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was red. Um, he just, like, dropped it on his Vimeo. He was like, right, before, mm -hmm. before, before everyone gets a, a, a look at this, like, I'm just going to drop this here. That's great. That's, that's what Chris mentioned, like, getting ahead of the noise, in a sense. Right. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, just like, drop you know, it on his YouTube. He's like, fuck the studio. He's like, he's like, here you go. Hold that. My shit. They would be so mad at me. They're like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? We have a whole marketing department. What are you doing? <laughs> but, nah, I don't worry about it. You can't just put it on it. Twitter. You can't just do that. You should just be like, I'm Chris. But I feel like sometimes in a way, <laughs> sometimes Chris. in a way, like surprises like that, like are better marketing than like marketing teams. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, because yeah, then people get stoked and they start to like right. you get this big natural wave of everybody sharing it and stuff. Right. So yeah. because nobody expects it. So nobody's like like every so everyone's gonna be like on ten as soon as they mm -hmm. see that shit. So like I think sometimes if you have like a big enough character and like a big enough kind of cast, I guess, it, it can really like do pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Chris, man, like we, we can start wrapping things up, but I mean, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we had a great time. We hope we gave you a, a nice time as well. Hope you enjoyed chilling with the villains. Absolutely, man. You guys are badass. <laughs> yeah, atrocities. It's not atrocities. too often we get a lantern on this. Hell yeah. <laughs> but throw up some blood somewhere. <laughs> my, my man, whenever, whenever you want to come on, you are more than welcome. Just hit yes, us sir. up. Be like, hey, I want to talk about some shit. Um, but for right now, plug in everything. Your YouTube, your Twitter, your Instagram, your production company. Your, your DC story. Films. Uh, <laughs> the DC story that you pitched to Warner Brothers. Uh, <laughs> your social security. <laughs> There's so, so much. That's Chris, my guy, too. <laughs> oh, that's uh, okay, so if you guys want to follow me, it's uh, chef underscore shoots underscore indie on Instagram. Uh, that's mostly that count is mostly used to like teach people how to make movies. So if you're trying to be a filmmaker, 
uh, ask me whatever question you want. Uh, I'll give you whatever advice I can possibly give you on that. Um, I also do like tutorial videos and stuff. Uh, YouTube, you can follow me on YouTube. Just put my name into Google. Most of the stuff will come right up. Um, and if you're watching any of my movies, watch them on Tubi because they're free for you and they make me more money. So. All right. So I have <laughs> support, to watch. Support the artist, guys. <laughs> what is it? It's uh, uh, Split Lip, right? Yeah, Split Lip oh, and, uh, and uh, Run for Your Life for the two films. You don't have to watch them if you don't want uh, to. Nah, nah, bro. We're, we're going to put, we're gonna put the, link for, the link for Chris's films will be in the description of the pod so y'all can go check that shit out. That's great. Tubi. Thank you, guys. Get, get it on Tubi, not Amazon Prime, Ariel. All right? You heard, <laughs> you heard the man. If I see Amazon Prime in the description, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to take the whole pod down. It's a, it's a <laughs> you, can, you can watch on Amazon. Tubi's got ads. I know nah, it's annoying nah, for nah, some nah, people. Nah, watch on Amazon. Nah, nah, nah. We, we gotta we're we're, we're going to give you the, the rightful money you deserve, Chris. You guys are a bunch of sweethearts. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, th thank you so much, man. Um, it was a great time. We wish you the best of luck on the rest of your um, the rest of your career that you still have ahead of you, first of all. Um, and like you said in the beginning, you know, don't ever give up. Uh, we know we're not, and we know that you're not either because you have a good thing going. Um, just keep doing what you love, man. That's the most important thing in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Same to you guys. And don't worry, I'll, I'll be back on. I'll be back on shortly. Yeah. This, is, this was too much fun. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be back, you'll be back to, to tell us about that PC, man. You need to know what kind of rig you got setting up, what kind of nuclear bomb you're assembling there. You were the only one in this group that cares about that. It's you and me. <laughs> uh, I got, I got, we got to get our knowledge up on, on all the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. Come on, guys. Catch up. Catch up. <laughs> but, Chris, th thank you so much, man. Remember all... Uh, Remember to follow Chris, but also follow us if you're not on all the social medias at Chilling with Villains. Underscore. 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 No big deal. I, uh, I, uh, have a good James. night.